not so much the neutral zone a star trek podcast by ladies where we talk about star trek loudly and at great length i am your host kareen joined as ever by kim hello and ari hello and today we are here to talk about episode season three yes episode six yes specter of the gun mm-hmm. or as i like to call it spoilers for westworld <laughs> So, if anyone was wondering, oh, where did they get the really cool idea for Westworld? Guys, <laughs> it was this early season three episode that was horribulous. And they took that, and they're <laughs> like... so bad, you had to coin a new word for it. Uh, I heard horribulous before. But it's a good word. So, we're going to take this, but we're going to add real guns, but they still don't do anything, but they don't, but they people only are made shoot of the plastic. The robots. And James Marsters. Yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold the phones for half a second here. Yeah. James Marsters is in Westworld? James Marsters is in Westworld. Yep. How? In the five minutes that I watched. <laughs> How the fuck did I not know that? I'm going to watch I'm Westworld Kim. Usually now. you're right on the yeah, ball come on, Kim. You have no one to blame in this but yourself. You don't mean James Marsden. Wait, which one do I mean? I don't know, Marsden. Marsden. Cyclops, not Spike? Yeah, I mean like the guy who never gets anything good. Ah, well, fuck that. I don't want to watch Cyclops. Never mind. <laughs> really? If it was James Marsters, that would be one thing. Thank you, Trisha. Yep. <laughs> also joining us is Trisha from the other room. <laughs> mm. But, anyways, Westworld is very dumb and I do not like it. <laughs> I Save yourself. I, I watch Humans, which I actually have to watch the second season and I haven't seen that yet, which uh. is apparently... I. From what I understand, kind of a similar concept, but with Colin Morgan. So I'm like, I'm behind Colin Morgan. It's a good place so you don't have to look at his face. Oh! Mean! So mean! <laughs> Take that, James Marston and Colin Morgan. No one shall be spared. So yeah, essentially this is an episode of Westworld, but they mind meld their way out of bullets... It's like, it's more like VR than Westworld, which is more about AI and isn't virtual reality. This is like, oh, you figured out it's a game. You're no longer capable of being harmed, which is a long beloved sci-fi trope. Yeah, it's definitely a trope. Although I honestly cannot think of a single instance where this is used where they're like, oh, wait, it's a game. Or like, it's an illusion or it's a simulation. Yeah, exactly. Next Gen did it repeatedly with the Holocaust. Much like whose line is it anyways, the points cap or There's an episode of Star Trek Voyager called Fear where they have to trick fear by not being afraid in order to escape fear, and the moral of the episode is the only thing you have to fear is fear itself, and once you can conquer fear, you can do anything. Oh. And fear is like a creepy okay. clown. Well, sure. That sounds about... Oh, there's also the Doctor Who episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fear him, or praise him. There's more him. than one, actually. Yeah. But Can of the 2005 era, Do we ever yeah. really conquer our fears, or do we just kind of, like, deal with it? You deal with it. Yeah, they're not conquered. Like, well, sometimes you can stop being afraid. Like phobias, you can get over sometimes. But you know, like, do they conquer their fear of bullets? Well, this one wasn't really about conquering fear. It was about realizing that there was literally nothing to fear. Yeah, this and, like believing was in crazy, believing in the unreality of their reality. And this was another one of the episodes. Where aliens tell them clearly not yeah. to do a thing. They do the thing. They are shocked. Shocked, I say. That the aliens punish them for doing the thing that they were specifically asked not to do. Yeah. yeah. Like, Politely. The aliens show up and say, hi, 
please don't come to our world. Kirk's yeah. like, we're going to go to the world. <laughs> no, it was not Kirk's fault. I know this is my refrain, and you can put it on my gravestone. But <laughs> I will. Or tombstone, Arizona, oh. if you will. But he has orders to go and do this from the United Federation of Dickhead Planets. Seriously. Because they're, they're like, oh yeah, no, at any cost you have to go talk to these people. This is not good neighbor behavior. But the no. Thing, the thing that also gets me about this is like, We've never met them before. We have yes. no contact, but it's imperative that we go speak to them or else everything I, is over. Yeah. It's not even given, like, a, a justification this time. Like, before it's been, like, oh, strategic reasons or nope. resources. It's nope. just like, we've just been nope. told to make contact. Okay, guys, here's the deal. They have orders to establish contact. These are true telepaths. Oh, has anyone ever talked to them? No. No one has ever ventured to meet them. How do we know about these people? Unknown. <laughs> Ancient space lore? Well, the telepathy thing was, like, figured out on the spot, I believe. No! No! Kareem has it in her notes. No, it is not. They are true telepaths. Well, yeah, they say that because the when the probe speaks to them, they all hear it in their own language, and Spock's like, oh, they're clearly true it's telepaths. It's just something that they talk about, as in, oh, yeah, well, we've never been here, but we definitely need to go here, because the United Federation of Planets is interested in being friends with you, whether you want to be friends or not. Yeah. yeah. They're like a very annoying office co-worker. We're besties now. And who are you? I'm Janice from Accounting, and we're friends now. Wait, what? And we're pooling all of our money, and we're going to buy lottery <laughs> tickets every week. I don't want to win the water. I don't want it. Too bad! Because we're friends now! <laughs> like, what the hell, yeah. Janice? <laughs> See, we should put that on your tombstone. Yeah. What the, the hell, hell Janice? <laughs> Agreed. Because it doesn't make any sense as no. to A, why they're going there, B, why the United Federation of Planets is like friendship, friendship or bust. Yeah, it is intensely contrived as an excuse to have this episode happen. It's not yeah. a good episode. It's not. Well, here's the thing. It is and it isn't. It is not a good episode because of all the reasons that we talked about. And uh, frankly, the next hour preceding this. <laughs> the reason why it is a good episode is because it has a floating sky clock. <laughs> <laughs> and something about that they're is very, weirdly appealing. They're very committed to the surrealism in this one. I, yeah. I really liked the sets. Because then, they yeah. ran out of money. Yes, because yeah. they ran out of money, so they could only build half a set. Um, but I like I like the whole like cinematography aspect of the background. So and, yeah, was uh, this actually something they built, or was it like someone else's set? No, they built this. They were really? they were supposed to build an entire wild west. But they only had enough money for half. You're telling me they didn't have a wild west backlot on hand? I have no, I apparently no, I'm sure I'm they shocked. scavenged and stole. From well, other I mean, places. a lot of those, a lot of the the stores and everything were just the false yeah. storefront. So I mean, they could have lifted yeah. those from a set because I mean, yeah. they were clearly inside in a soundstage. Yeah, but so they, let's go back to that floating sky clock. I love a floating sky clock. I think this comes <laughs> back to the Care Bears episode crossed over with Alice in Wonderland, mm-hmm. where there was a floating sky clock. Wow, I didn't know that was a thing that happened. Robot. Nice. Yeah. Well, I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. Floating, <laughs> floating sky clock. <laughs> yep. Sky clock. It is appealing, and then I love a good countdown, but I don't like the countdowns that they usually have, where it's just Sulu going... And 45 minutes until we explode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this one you actually got, like, chimes. It's yeah. something about the chimes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait. I am already giving my performance of the episode to that clock. <laughs> <laughs> I was really battling because we were talking a little bit before, like, who am I? 
And do we need to look up any names of any actors to give performance of the episode vote? I definitely said no. But now when I think about it, that clock really made that episode for me. Like a lot. Wow. I should go back and rewatch and just focus more on the clock's performance. You really should. If you watch the clock's subtleties, <laughs> it really tells the whole story for you. Star Trek has really been bringing the performances from the inanimate objects in the last couple <laughs> of weeks. I mean, I gave it to the box last week. You're yeah. giving it to the clock this week. Not so much the paid actors no. as just no. things. Set. Next week, the hand phaser. Ooh. Mm. To be fair, we've never had a really good close-up on the hand phaser, which I feel doesn't really give us the wider scope of their performance. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we really can't judge it on the, on the far shots. Yeah. And there's no, like, the phaser isn't really, like, open or, like, tick it's just slowly there. closer. No. No. Which we're, is really too bad. We're killing Ari, and I love this. It's amazing. Her face Actually is just dying. vibrating. <laughs> so, I, these aliens were called the Melkosians? Sure. Sure. (laughs) As if we would argue with you. I started to write it down and I was like, you know what? (laughs) Not important. I spelled it out phonetically once and Melkosians looks about right. Yeah. Because they meet this probe and then we get the info dump of why they're there and the probe talks to them and he says, you've encroached on, I think, Melkar space. And I was like, wait. Melkon. Melkon? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense, but I'm willing to accept it anyway. What would make sense to you, Ari? I don't know. What would make sense? They, I just it's, felt like they were playing really fast and loose with the name here, but it's not like it actually matters. No, nothing matters. But going even back, there is some super weird lighting on Spock. Yeah. Weird, weird lighting. Okay, my thing when I was watching this, because I watched this episode on Netflix, is this episode didn't feel like it had been remastered. The probe was different. The probe was, and okay. every shot of the ship was. But, like, normally everything has been, like, all the crew shots and everything has been brightened up and sharpened, and this still felt, like, very poorly lit 1960s <laughs> I, at a certain point there is nothing there to save yeah and i felt like there it is some weird really lighting. weird lighting shots yeah. especially on spock and especially on the bridge where you're like is, was it felt... necessary to throw a giant bunch of lamps at his head <laughs> yeah and there's places with like strange shadow it almost felt like there was like modern if this had been made now i'd be like oh that's like a weird filter but it, there were it just choices being made. I think it also had to do with the fact that they chose the sky to be red. Yeah. Which I feel like is really tricky to shoot. Yeah. And it was indoors and it was a weird soundstage. But let's all go back to that weird lighting on Spock in the beginning. It is like a giant search and rescue Coast Guard lamp. Yeah. <laughs> thrown just on him. They really want us to know where to look. We know, yeah, because he's lit up like the angel, yeah, in a Christmas pageant. <laughs> but he looks like the devil. So the probe speaks to them, which is, it's been following them around as they've been entering Melkosian, I guess, space. Sure. And they're like, "Oh, it's trying to intercept us," and then they come to a full stop, which I would not have done because anything following you around is probably planning to kill you. See. Again, we're in three-dimensional space. I would have tried the going on a bear hunt approach to space. (laughs) Can't go over it. Can't go over it. Can't go under it. Can't go under it. Can't go through it. Can't go through it. Gotta go around it. Gotta go around it. And yet they do not. No, No. they don't. No. They just stop and like, oh no. Well, they do this funny little sort of turn left, turn right, and it follows them back and forth, which actually I thought was funny. Mm -hmm. They swivel, and the probe is like, yeah, guys, I'm fully aware of what you're trying to do. Yeah. And then it yells at them. Yeah. It does. 
And if you've encroached on our fucking space, you get one warning. Yep. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. And we hear it, that everyone heard it in their own first language. Which I'm going to say, yes, I loved. I did Because too. on this bridge, you had Vulcan, somebody who spoke Vulcan, somebody who spoke English, somebody who spoke Russian, and somebody who spoke Swahili. And that was just the people that we heard from, and I yeah. thought that was fantastic. I liked it. It was that. a nice moment. Mm-hmm. My favorite part of this was when Kirk sends the message, Hello, friends! This is your friendly neighborhood, Kirk, coming to say hello, and is met with, your message was seen at 1228. Yeah. Yeah. And so he kind of shrugs his shoulders, like, well, I guess we have no choice but to go to the planet. Completely ignore their stated wishes. And not even just, like, doodle over to the planet and hover out. No, 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 no. They transport a giant party of them down. Yeah, this away party makes no sense in, like, you know, if you were actually trying to make an away team that made... It makes no sense. I know why they did it, but I'm just saying. It's a batshit crazy. Yes. I want to talk just for half a second here. Yes. Where the fuck is George Takei? I assume guest starring on other television shows. Because, like, for a guy who's, like, I, like, so associate Star Trek with George Takei and Sulu... Barely in this series. It's true. He's like, he is not around a lot. He was very busy with other guest star things, and he had that stint on Green Berets. Like, good for George Takei and Getting work. But, like, I don't think I realized just how infrequently he was actually on the show at yeah. this point. And this is, like, the third season. I think that him and Chekhov, this is one of the episodes that Gene Roddenberry sent a memo saying you need to use Chekhov more. And you can tell, like, it's a pretty... yeah. Check off hot and heavy episode. And oh, I feel God. like we might see more of Sulu later in the in season. In the third series, I yeah. guess. Yeah, it just it just all of a sudden hit me when you get the away team, which is like your five the main entire, male Your main characters. Main male characters. Yeah. And Sulu's not there. And I'm like, he has barely been on this show this season. But we're we're six episodes in. Yeah. That's true. So because they have Yeah, he'll be back. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because they have no choice, apparently. They beam down, and surprisingly, they find fog. They're like, there shouldn't be fog here. Obviously, it's evil fog. Of course. Okay, Ari, did this remind you of a Next Generation episode? A little bit. It reminded me of the beginning of the Royale, which is one of the stupidest Next Generation episodes of all time, where they beam down to a planet, and there's nothing but fog and a revolving door. Yeah. (gasps) That sounds great. Yeah. (laughs) And I kept wondering, I didn't actually stop and look it up, but I kept wondering if this episode was in any way related to that one. It does feel very similar, doesn't it? Because they can't communicate, they can't beam up. Is that the one where they're stuck in, like, the casino? casino. casino. I love that episode! I hate that episode! It's so great! It's so stupid! And they're, like, gamblers, and they're like, what's going on? They're like, ah, gambling! Yeah. It's so great! I was kind of wondering if that episode was in any way related to this episode, but I didn't It feels it very similar, like, in terms of basic structure. Mm-hmm. They're both, like, it's an episode in a bottle. They can't communicate. They have to resolve the story before they can... Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I Star Trek does... I, I, they haven't done it as much in original series, but the later seri- seasons have... The later shows do it quite often. They've all got at least a few of them. Because it's cheap. It's really cheap, and it's and it's controllable. The story is more controllable. And it's a good story. I love the episode of the Royale. I'm thinking of the DS9 episode where they get stuck inside the board game. 
Oh, I hate that episode. But oh. it's very similar. It's that sort of thing. You have to figure out the puzzle. You have to figure out the story before you can I get out. I love a good puzzle. Yeah. So, in the weird fog, they find a... What do we call this? Is it... Was it supposed to be one of the Melkotians? Yes. Yeah. Because it looked like like a statue. It was paper mache with some glowing eyes. It looked okay. like the it kind... It looked like a poo monster. <laughs> yeah. Or like the kind of like weird... A doll you would see in the bushes on the safari ride at Disneyland. It was clearly made of paper mache. It, it was, was very clearly, clearly a poo monster. Yeah. <laughs> it was just sort of. It's a giant poo monster. Which is unfortunate because everyone looks really hot in the fog. It is a good <laughs> look for everyone. Like when they go out in like a triangle formation into the fog and Scotty's wearing his ridiculous ridiculous back combed hairdo oh my god that thing gets bigger every week it's a boof it puts the boof and boof on and it's, it's ridiculous but everyone looks so smoky oh they look smoking hot that's why because they're in fog <laughs> they're in fog but the fog is generated by the heat coming off their bodies anyway so <laughs> the poo monster is like we fucking warned you <laughs> it is, the poo monster is very stern for something that is clearly made out of poo. <laughs> and now you must die. Yes. And because, Kirk, it was your orders, I guess, really he should be taking this out on the United Federation of Planets. Yeah, but they're not here. I'm going to punish you in the way that you like it. <laughs> I'm going to take the method of your execution from your head. Yeah. This is really interesting. The poo monster says, you are outside, you are disease, which... Uh, which leads me to think that they don't want people on their planet because they are full of diseases. I think and, they mean it in a oh, society in a metaphorical body sense, sort of way, yeah. which is, of course, my very favorite metaphor. Everyone should read on immunity. It's a great book. It talks about this <laughs> at length. But I took it literally that you know they're that's also possible. They are very sensitive to disease. Both of those things are possible. But anyways, apparently the way that Kirk likes being punished is Wild West style. Like, Lots of chaps. This is so dumb. Where? What? Like, was Kirk watching westerns or like reading so, a Louis L'Amour novel before he <laughs> down? What the is it? What is, oh my is. god! What is the name? Is it Sh- not Shogun? Oh, the name of like the really sexy cowboy who has a lot of sex. You're gonna need to be more. No, it's a it's a book series. The font is in red. Oh crap! I'm gonna left to look. I think it's by Zane Grey. It's amazing. The covers, Zangray, the guy has like the biggest, blackest mustache that ever was. It's long arm! How good is my search strings? <laughs> long arm. This series is called Long Arm. Okay. He is a U.S. Deputy Marshal in the 1880s, which actually nicely ties into what we're doing here. And essentially, he rolls into town with his badass mustache. Okay. <laughs> and, like, sexes up the ladies uh, in a without prejudice. And then I assume helps Probably. a gun situation. Sure. Anyways, let's just go back to my search string, which was Western book series with Bad Outlaw Who Has Sex. <laughs> okay. Listen anyway, this. case closed. <laughs> Wait, long arm? Long arm. Also, so, consider yourself librarians. Yeah, good job. <laughs> that was the best search I've ever done. Anyways, we're transported into long arm. Tombstone, Arizona. Because it's like the long arm. Which we law. know because there is handily a newspaper hanging on a wall. 
that bangs sure. to get their attention. Yes. Actually, yeah. that was the creepiest part that of the entire very episode. Spooky. When the newspaper was like, look at me, look at me, <laughs> yeah. look at me. Yeah. Banging itself against a wall. And we find out we're in Tombstone, Arizona. I didn't write the date down, but it's like... Oh, I wrote it down. Okay. Yeah. I wrote it down. Hang on. I just turned my page. It's October 26, 1881. Damn it! She got there first. <laughs> Librarian! And everyone's okay, no, like... No, 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 no. Oh. I really want to go back to... God. Why the hell are we here? Yes. Yeah. Because... When we get to it, it's right after the newspaper thing. Well, no. Like, they're in this. Chekhov is like, where are we? Kirk is like... I don't hear you. You're too short. Must be this tall to be listened to. And they all take a look at their guns like, oh, that's a beautiful specimen. I, I enjoyed the transition from just, just like you get this intense zoom in on Kirk's yep. combat and then a whip out and everybody's in like, there is no regular exactly outfits, but with gun holsters. Yes. Which, might I add, all have a thigh strap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. And so Chekhov has, for some reason, got two guns with two thigh straps. Sure. <laughs> Let's make running very difficult. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways, those look great on everyone. They oh, do. Yeah. Especially Nimoy. That is for you in your personal life. <laughs> but they all are like, guns are great. But guns are also bad. Mm. Bad guns. Well, they're like, it's it's very, oh, such an old-fashioned, antique, beautiful specimen type thing. And they're like, oh, how primitive. At the same time as being like, mm, I would totally buy this in an antique shop. Yeah. So Crude they, but deadly. Yes. The newspaper wants it to look at them, so they do. They yeah. know where they are. They're in Tombstone, Arizona, October 26, 1881, one day before my birthday. Let me get the insane, ridiculous justification for why this was chosen out of Kirk's brain. Yes, please. So uh, this is extremely, like, roundabout and inelegant. It's just sort of like they really wanted to use a Western set, but their explanation is that it, this was taken because... Kirk's ancestor pioneered the American frontier. I want to note that Kirk's family is from Iowa, which is not the Wild West. If they wanted something to tie in with, like, something you could drag back to ancestral garbage, why not go with the Hatfields and the McCoys? Yes! Oh, because McCoy. McCoy! Dang, that would have been really nice, wouldn't it? It would have tied it up really... Because this is crazy. So, by by his own reckoning... They did pioneering. Fine. What does pioneering have to do with gunfights? Nothing. At the OK Corral you between the sheriff had, and a You game. could have done like an Oregon Trail kind of thing where they all died of dysentery. I would have been, uh, gross? Well, not the dysentery part, but like, you <laughs> like know. liquids shooting out of You will die orifice. by trying to get crops to grow in the Iowan soil. You'll, Your crops will fail and you will starve. You will drown in the river. You will be trampled by a buffalo. There will be a grass fire and you will not escape. Yeah. All of those things would have been really interesting. And make a lot more sense because Kirk's from Iowa. This well, is... Iowa had... <laughs> so you guys, what we're actually asking for is something more Jumanji-esque. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a... How the hell do you spell Iowa? I-O-W-A. Okay, fine. <laughs> Iowa had to be settled. Yeah, but it wasn't like the OK Corral and it wasn't in Arizona. Fair. Yeah. Point. But... Well, the line here is, the violence of your heritage will be your death. I would like actual money that none of Kirk's ancestors were ever gunfighters. I don't know. They were Kirk, farmers. Kirk almost straight up murders the person, but he thinks better of it. That's, that's him, not his ancestors. Yeah, but we all have the capacity to have ancestors who killed people. Yeah. I'm sure all of our ancestors killed someone. Probably. It's just, it genre-wise, it doesn't match what we actually know of Kirk's background. 
And then we get a random cowboy to wander by to tell us what's going on. This is God. great. Because they start referring to all these guys as other names, mm-hmm. and they just kind of sit there taking it like, well, of uh, course. Sure, I'm Ike. Yeah. Oh, this was weird. It is weird, because here's the concept. They are now, for all intents and purposes, the Clanton... The yeah. Clanton gang. Yeah. Who were cattle rustlers and horse thieves and... They're the bad guys. They're the bad guys. Yeah. And so the Melosians, or whatever they're called, are Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday and the good guys. And they are going to reenact the shootout at the OK Corral, which, according to historical fact, did not take place at the OK Corral. Nope. It took place at Fly's Photographic Studio, which, yep. to be fair, has a less cinematic name. Yeah. The yeah. Fly Shootout. The fly Shootout. Whereas the shootout at the OK Corral, mm, mm. it's so, so we should actually be calling it the shootout near the OK Corral? <laughs> well, like, adjacent? And for okay, whatever Corral reason... adjacent shootout. <laughs> whatever reason. Like, I'd heard about the shootout at the OK Corral. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that I've seen it in, like, Young Guns or something like that. Yeah. I'm sure I've seen this before. Didn't, like, Val Kilmer play Doc Holliday at some point? Oh. Probably. He totally did. And this is, like, before. Like, good-looking Val Kilmer. Um... I, for some reason, did not quite understand that the OK Corral was, like, a corral. It would have been, like, a for farm. cattle. It would have been, like, a farm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a corral it's for cattle. cattle. Yeah. How boring is that? <laughs> Pretty boring. I thought it was outside the bar. I thought the bar was named the OK Corral, and I was like, that's a badass name for a bar. No, it's it was probably, a literal it's corral. Because it's a corral of OKs. It's probably because it was in front of the photo studio, which is probably <laughs> across the street from the saloon. Yeah. Again. Also, so, the characterization here is so bizarre because the gang, by the way, was actually called the Cowboys, which is very original. That's a terrible name it's for a, a gang. It's a terrible name for a gang, but I can Billy Clinton were part of I can't remember all the other names. Doesn't matter. Guys. Um... They were the fucking bad guys. They were cattle rustlers and murderers, and the Earps were marshals. Like, they were only, might I add, deputy marshals. Deputy marshals. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting here that like our crew is like they're obviously our heroes. Yeah. So the Earps are all in black, yeah. and they speak very slowly, and yeah. they swagger, and they threaten, and well, they're, they're trying black to, hats. Yeah. yeah, and they're trying to steal the girl. So like they're the, but they're they're characterized in this as the bad guys. But that is because to the Malkosians that they are the bad guys. Mm -hmm. They pony in like they're big business and they're going to take over and they have to defend their territory. So it makes sense for them to be cast as the bad guys because it's it's not their scenario. It's the scenario of the aliens. It just felt really strange. It's, it, but again, it's forcing us to see that from the perspective of those aliens, that they are an invading bad force. They are sure. bad guys. They're going against the law of the land, and they're being punished in a way that makes sense to I know. Them. It was just weird because they are, like, these are the lawmen, but they're being characterized not just as, like, lawmen against you because you're a criminal. But be- yeah, yeah, you're straight crazy. up black hats. It was so weird. It would have made, I think it would have been more effective if... They'd worn white hats? If they had come across as not quite so menacing and they had been, like, the ones who were trying to be, like, 
yeah, we're all law and order. You guys were the one who stole cattle last night and killed five guys. Like, yeah. had been put more emphasis on how the Clantons were the bad guys. Instead rather, of, and yeah. less on us trying to be like, well, but Kirk is the good guy. It's yeah. because they were trying to present the scenario as a historical inevitability. That no matter what they did, this had to happen. So when they're trying to apologize and say, well, give peace a chance, because this, they have to believe that the scenario is something that is already happening and they are historically being involved in it, that it's going towards an, uh, an unavoidable apex, is that they have to be pushing the plot along so that they are forcing them to fight. And they're antagonizing them because essentially this is a punishment in part, but it is also a test. And so they are testing... It was also them. just the fact, like, the way the townspeople reacted to them in comparison. Well, the townspeople, they were charming rogues. Yeah, and they loved the Clintons, and they hated and feared the Earps. And no one loves the law. It was so weird. Except it for long arms. It just felt really strange. Ladies love long arms. I'm looking this up when I get home, and it is probably going on my <laughs> to-be-read list. Absolutely. So... <laughs> Yeah, so Kirk's they think like, it's a, no, they think it's a replay of history. Yeah, and Spock's like, okay, which is insane. Change because let me just get out my historical record. Kirk's character lived. Yeah, uh, so did Scotty's character was actually nineteen years old. Yeah, <laughs> uh, not everyone died, and it took no. place at three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, that was oh. the other thing. <laughs> but five is such a nice. Five o'clock does sound more menacing than three Artis- o'clock. I will give them all of these for artistic license reasons. Sure, which sure, yeah. But I think it's oh, I think it's interesting that Kirk's character lives where a lot of the other ones died. In that he, if it's a punishment, supposed to be a punishment for Kirk. It's again bringing up the watching yeah. your crew die and losing the very worst yeah. thing happened to you. Yeah, huh, interesting. So if you were going to a gunfight, mm-hmm. ideally, when would you guys like schedule it? First thing in the morning, just get it over with. Definitely not at high noon because I don't want the sun in my eyes. So you're more Hamilton style, I, I suppose. Which is early morning. I want it. To, I want the sun to be up, but I'd want it to be either rising or setting behind buildings. So there's enough light to see by, but not enough to get in my eyes. Hmm. Kim, it's not Hamilton. It's she's got shit to do. <laughs> what? Why do you pick it in the morning? Why? To get it over with, so that I'm either dead or I can get on with my day, and exactly. there's not not sitting around waiting all day. Yes, so I did guess. Hamilton. <laughs> he had a lot of things he hadn't done. <laughs> As do I. I'm waiting for it. Mm, that turned out to be a mistake on yeah. both sides. So know, it's just like yeah. high noon has always seemed very stupid. Five o'clock is stupid. awfully late. I don't like, like doing anything at noon. Wouldn't you want to be hot. able to get supper or? You have to sit around all day waiting for the shootout. I, 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 that's logical, yeah. certainly. I mean, ideally, I would never have to duel because it seems like a terrible waste. But I sort of like, if if they hadn't cast the, the lawman as so cartoonishly villainous, I would have been like, oh, they're giving them all the time they can. But since they were, I don't know. They just needed to make the episode last as long as it could last. Fine. And God did it ever. Fine. First thing they do is go to the bar. Sure. Naturally. Uh, where the town's best prostitute comes up and starts macking on Chekhov. Hang on a second here. Something yes. has happened. Somebody dies here. Someone before. gets shot through the out of the bar. Oh, yeah. Somebody gets shot out of the bar. Yeah, sure. But he's dead, and that's when they decide, oh, no, death is real here. Is it that? Okay. So they have literally no reason to believe that what kills fake people will actually kill them. And I didn't real. Do we actually think they think this is... They have yes, gone back in yes, time? Yes, yes. Why would you think that? 
Well, because the I was news- on a fog Ari, planet. Ari, the newspaper told them so. The script told them so. What do we know about the news? <laughs> I was on a fog planet at the other edge of the galaxy, but obviously the logical explanation when I find myself at the OK Corral where none of the buildings have walls is that I've gone back in Earth history and this is real. Well, that's why they killed the guy coming out of the bar to make them believe that death is I wouldn't believe that impossible. any of this was real. For one thing, the buildings don't have walls. I think the first thing I would do is go have a nap. That is... Yeah, maybe just sleep through the whole thing. Yeah, like, 5 o'clock roll is rolling around. You're like, well, I don't think they'd shoot me if I was asleep. And if I was asleep, I wouldn't believe that it was real, so... I'm just saying, to, to say this lacks plausibility, and I don't believe the characters would believe this, is an understatement. Like, why would anyone buy this? Why? Fine. Let's go back to Chekhov's best prostitute. Oh, God. Um, oh, my gosh. This is crazy. Yes. Because he sits down, and whatever her name is... Blondie. She, uh, she does she, get a name like later. Marlena or something? Something like that. Sure. I don't know. They say it once. She once. hops on his lap and they start going to town on each other. Yeah. yeah. In front of and everyone. Like, Chekhov is sitting in front of his boss. Mm-hmm. As an office... <laughs> as office faux pas go, <laughs> gross making out with tongues in front of your boss with a lady you have never met who is clearly a prostitute. It's Sylvia. Feels... Wait, it's Sylvia? Yep. Where the fuck did they get Marlena? Uh, from the Malthusians? <laughs> Maybe. So, that feels like it's bad a form. mistake. Poor I feel form. like that's going to come up in your performance yeah. review. Yeah. If, if you do believe this is real, this is desperately inappropriate. And if you don't believe this is real... Then you're making out with, like, an evil hologram of some He's kind. He's making out with a poop monster! Or that. Sylvia's dress is, yes, Kim. I thought it was black at first, but later on when you get a close-up, it's actually dark purple velvet Ooh. Oh my God. with pink ruffles, hot pink yeah. ruffles it around the sight. edges. I found the ruffles very distracting. And she's wearing, like, pins in her hair that have, like, hot pink fringe on them. Yeah. It was not a good it look. Like it is like a Halloween weird. costume. Yeah, it was yeah. like a saloon girl Halloween Wild costume, West basically. prostitute yes. costume. Yeah. yeah, so he is just like, relax, Captain. It's okay. She's not real. Which and makes no sense. Kirk just kind of gives him a beat and a look. Like, under any of those circumstances, real or not, this is still definitely going in your permanent record. <laughs> Yes, this was terrible. Yes, and Scotty is just open, gapped mouth looking at this, which again is fair. Yeah. Yeah. So we also get to meet Morgan Earp, who is hanging out across the room. Is he playing poker, I think, when they walk in? He's manfully leaving. Because Sylvia's like, oh, watch out, Morgan Earp's over there. So what does Kirk do? He stands up and attracts his attention. Well, because that's the first thing, obviously, you want to do in that situation. And uh, Spock tells him to sit down and make sure everyone knows where your hands are. Yeah. Because it feels like they're trying to provoke a fight. Yeah. And Kirk is very much not wanting to fight, despite the fact that I think he looks really good when he's dueling. It's just a good (laughs) look for him. Kind of like tousled, gun drawn. Yeah, it's good. Um, And if it's Spock or Kirk, so historically we die at 5 (laughs) p.m. So... Just relax. And Kirk's like, you know what? We're just staying in this bar. Okay. This is where it descends into full madness. <laughs> he goes up to the bartender? Yes. <laughs> he goes up to the old-timey bartender, who is seriously old-timey, and is yeah. like, hi. 
I'm a spaceman from the future. How do you know that I'm a spaceman of the future? Well, I have incontrofutable evidence. <laughs> Feel my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if I ever end in, if I'm ever in a bar, that is how I'm going to do pick up lines Definitely. from here on in. So here's the thing. Just feel my shirt. Feel your shirt, then feel my shirt. Feel my shirt, then feel my shirt. You don't have a shirt this nice, so I have to be from the future. Now, see, it's weird because you can't... Do they think that that this is a reproduction of history and that, like, the injuries are real at this point? Like, they can't really think they are in real Earth history. They do. That makes no sense. Doesn't matter. Feel my shirt. Especially since people are seeing them as people who aren't real. So I'm choosing to believe that they know it's like a creation of the Malkosians, but that the injuries can actually kill them. I like Arya's suggestion. Because the other thing That's makes no sense right. and it makes me angry. No. I agree with you, Arya. They, they know that they're in some sort of created space. Yeah. But they've worked out, apparently, that no one will understand that they're, you know, not characters in yeah. this play. And that death is real, which is why the guy got shot and they're like, I still think that real. guy is shitty evidence, but I will accept the current premise. I don't know. Did they feel his shirt? I think they did. I look like they did. Yeah, that's fair. That's it was a fair. dead shirt. So Kirk, once he has failed to convince the bartender of their, you know, realness. Then he goes to the sheriff's office to punch his way into a hostage situation. God. Yeah. So he tries to be all diplomatic. Not but... one of his strengths under the best of circumstances. No, his diplomatic, like, parry is, damn it, I am Kirk. Yeah. No one cares. We've no already cares. established this won't work. No one cares. With like five of the fake people. The most important thing is that he gets into a dust up with the Erps, and they punch him in the face, and he runs his fingers across his lips, which is very attractive. Well, okay, so the <laughs> no, 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 no distraction for this. <laughs> him taking his fingers and running them across his lips, like oh, this hurts so bad. I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> He ran. He runs his fingers across his lips like he should yeah. be bleeding, and he's wiping away some yes. blood. And the way the injury gets treated later by Bones, like dabbing it with alcohol, like I feel like there should have been some sort of makeup on his face to no. indicate that he had been punched. No, no, Apparently it was not necessary. all perfect. I do find it puzzling that Bones's treatment is well. Just drink a lot of bourbon, which quite honestly will solve temporarily, well, most of your problems. They have lots of bourbon. Yeah. Um, and the herbs are like, you get out of here by 5 o'clock if you're in town. 501 will kill you all. And I wrote down, this sounds like extremely shaky policing. I wrote down, this is so much set up. Yeah. Well, they're going to get killed this at episode five. is like 85% set up. Oh, and no, 95% set up. <laughs> 2% Scotty getting drunk. Yeah, and Bones discovers the local hooch immediately. They're back in the bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chekhov is not clear on how bullets work <laughs> because the, because Sylvia's sitting on his lap going, I'm so worried about you and like rubbing her hands all over his face. Like, I'm so worried about you. I don't want them to shoot you. And he's like, with those primitive weapons, if they shoot me, I'll just step out of the way. And I think it's supposed to be played like he's joking, but I think he literally thinks you can step out of the way of a bullet. And as we learned from Mythbusters, that is essential bullshit. Yeah. Did they shoot someone on Mythbusters? No, they they tested to see if you could actually outrun a bullet. You can You cannot. Not. Spoiler! You cannot <laughs> run a bullet. It was a really good episode. They yeah. even do it with um like sniper bullet sniper bullets from mm-hmm. a really, really far distance, so well, you, you hear it, but definitely can't outrun those. Oh, no. you can outrun nothing. Nothing. Guns are death. Yep. Wow. 
Yeah, it was really, really interesting because I think, like, even a very, very back part of my head, I was like, yeah, if I really had to, I'm sure. <laughs> I've seen enough action movies where they yeah. just, just dodge Everyone out of the way. Everyone step to the left. <laughs> step to the right. Yeah, for a so little part of my head, I was like, yeah, I could absolutely just, like, yeah. dodge it. But turns out science says, oh, no. On which subject, Chekhov should have his Starfleet degree revoked. <laughs> like, just on the basis of this. Again, his performance review for this action <laughs> is not going to reflect well on First, him. First, made out with the locals, very unprofessional, then got killed. Good yeah. job. So they try and leave. And they can't, because there's, there's force a giant field. force field, because of course there is. I thought that was a very smart... Like, yeah, attempt though. Kirk's I like, would have tried that. We're not going to fight. Let's just leave. Yeah, I would have tried that like instantly. But you know, whatever. They had to hang out at the bar for a while. Anyways, so they try to make a run for it, which is actually a really good strategy because they're about to get shot. Mm-hmm. Also, how would any of them know how to shoot guns? It's not that complicated. Yeah, but there's a safety on it. They've never seen a gun. I don't think those ones have safety. Safeties are a relatively modern invention. No, you still have to like you cock the hammer back and you. They're not a very complicated Yeah, but they haven't machinery. seen Westerns. They all know what guns are. Yeah, but... I gather the Western genre still exists, or at least from... probably have seen the Western genre. Yeah. It's a thing that might still Devil. exist. Anyways. Kirk grew up in Iowa. No, they we know the Western genre guns. still exists. It's what? mentioned in the movies. They have no goons. No goons. Anyways, they try and run away, but you know who's there to stop them? Who? <laughs> the giant floating clock in the sky. Ah, the giant floating clock. Right. Giant floating clock says... And it says you only have two hours left. It's three o'clock. Mm-hmm. So now they carry on to one of my very favorite uh, strategies in science fiction, and that is let us use our future knowledge against these old timey things to win stuff. <laughs> is that a trope that happens often? Well, it's like a Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court kind of thing, which I love. It's like I'm from the future, but I have enough basic education and knowledge to like leverage that to my advantage. So they decide they're going to, let's see, build a tranquilizer grenade, <laughs> which is something I've never heard of, but okay. It's the future. It's, it's, a smoke bomb. it's, like, it's essentially a smoke Basically, bomb. Basically, yes. It is, but here's the deal. In order to make it, Bones is going to need a mortar and a pestle. <laughs> and to steal some stuff from the local chemist. <laughs> which, to be fair, the stuff in your local chemist could knock you flat for oh, days. Yeah. Yeah. Opium was just like giving candy. Yep. Like special candy that would to make, make you cocaine. feel good. You could get coke. You could get laudanum. Like yep. it was a oh, laudanum was a favorite. What a time to be alive! <laughs> all the drugs you want, and they're all legal by prescription and cheap. So cheap. <laughs> yeah, like anyone could have opium for days. Yeah. So Bones goes to get the drugs. From the local doctor slash... From the dentist. Dentist the slash barber. De- barber dentist. Yeah. yeah, it's a thing. And uh, turns out Doc Holliday's there. No, no. Who is BFFs with the Earps, of course. What I like about the bad guys is that they're really clear about their intentions. <laughs> because yeah. they're wearing literal black hats. Yeah, they're like... head to toe dressed in black. We're gonna shoot you at five o'clock, just so you're aware. They also rough up the uh, prostitute just if we weren't sure. Yes... Chekhov is essentially ready to drop everything for a showgirl until she mentions that she might be interested in marrying him. (laughs) Hang on a second, you missed my favorite part in the dentist office. Was it the giant floating clock? No, it wasn't the giant floating clock. (laughs) Not interested. Kirk is, um, Doc Holliday has, like, given Kirk the drugs or whatever, or Bones the drugs, and then 
from absolutely fucking nowhere because he just stood up out of a dentist chair. He pulls out a shotgun. Yeah. He was just... From nowhere. He's just standing there and he reaches down and then he has a shotgun. Like, where was he keeping On his lap. No, he was like you saw him like laid up and out. He it. stands up and he's in the middle of the room. Yeah, his and he full just body pulls is out a shotgun, just out of the air. My, f- I love when stuff comes out of nowhere. I came between his legs. It was no, it was not. He was standing. His arms were out. It was not there when he stood up. And then he's, then he just reaches down below. Maybe he frame. had like stashed under the seat cushions in the chair. That's too complicated. It was amazing. <laughs> he pulls a shotgun out, out of, of the literal air. nowhere. Yes. And it's not just a shotgun. It's a sawed-off shotgun. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, fine. Now, now Chekhov is Yeah, Sylvia out. and Chekhov uh, hanging out on a bench outside, I don't know, the bar, a no. shop. It doesn't matter. And she's been shopping because she's a girl, and that's what girls do. Yeah, and there's a dance next week, and I'm going to make a whole dress in Or... Week. Or it could be my wedding dress. Hint, hint. Nudge, nudge. Wink, wink. <laughs> At which point, Chekhov freaks out, because it's totally okay to make out with a potentially historical, potentially invisible poo monster prostitute, prostitute? but it's not okay to marry them. No, no, that's one step too far into the inappropriate. Yes, his line is, well, it's impossible. I can't marry you, but I can for sure make out with you. Yep. (laughs) I mean, in reality... Chekhov is A, kind of a jerk, but B yes. is also like, well, I'm probably going to die at five o'clock and I'm not actually from here, so I can't marry her. But I like that she thinks his, she thinks that his objection is that he's too much trouble. Yeah. And she's all like, I know you're a thief and a cattle rustler, but I just don't care. Also, Why don't you just lie? Yeah, sure, baby, I'll marry you, whatever. By the way, what is the implication that she's like a prostitute part-time, but like the rest of the time she's a nice girl who wants to go to the dance and get married? Because she's wearing like... Yeah, she's wearing, like, a, a proper, like, lady no dress. It's, like, Her hat's really weird. She's wearing, yeah, she's wearing a weird hat, but she's got, like, a blue dress yeah. with, like, a high collar and a bustle. Well, part-time work is very precarious. Part-time whoring? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, full-time it, would be exhausting. <laughs> it made no sense. It did not. It was very strange. It, it was, was like, weird. it was, she was the only girl in the episode. I guess they didn't have another one to put in this role, but sure. That's fair. The best part is, is that Eric comes over to and be the shit of him. I have away. the note that says, oh, check off, you're going to get yourself shot. And <laughs> then he does! Yeah. And I was so happy. Because then there's a great framing shot with butts. <laughs> <laughs> like... Just a, I don't even know what you call it, it a really negative strange. triangle of butts. Yeah. And then Chekhov. Yeah, because sh- the others come running. And, and they like, shoot him in the head. No, they shoot him in the chest because he looks yeah. down and he does that sort of oh, dramatic. I thought it was like a point blank forehead shot. <laughs> no. Oh, Jesus. Because he does, he's, it's that, that very classic, like, he's running towards him and he stops and his arms in the air because apparently the bullet freezes you in place. I wasn't aware that was a side effect of Well, getting. he was trying to move to the left. And then, like, looks down at where there is definitely no blood because this is no, Star Trek it's and it's not Kirk. And he, like, claps his hands to his shirt. It's very artistic. I missed all of that. Yeah. Did you blink? Uh, apparently. And, okay, here's the thing, because the others are still sitting in the bar, because that's exactly how you want to spend your time. And Sylvia, who's standing right there, screams. They don't hear the gunshot, but they hear the scream and come running. Gunshots are just a, a background noise. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, in Tombstone, Arizona. <laughs> By the way, would you live in a town called Tombstone? How did it get the name Tombstone? Did it originally start out as, like, Franklin, Arizona, and then so <laughs> many people died, they gave Bob, it the name Tombstone, and it just stuck? Or maybe it was named after Franklin D. Tombstone. <laughs> That's depressing. Inventor of the Tombstone. I would maybe. change my name if my name were Tombstone. 
Well, to be fair, though, if you were the person that the thing was named after, there was nothing to change your name for. It was probably an honor. Sure. In honor of you and your great achievements, we will call the slab of rock that we put over the dead people your name forevermore. Tombstone. And they shall stand forever as a monument to your invention. Uh, No, I'm pretty sure it's tomb space stone, as in the rock that you put near the tomb. Yeah. Still a weird name for a town. It was founded on top of a mine, so it is possible there were just so many dead people. I mean, we do have Dildo Newfoundland, so... That is true. That's a thing? That's a thing. There are so many funny names in the Maritimes. Conception Bay? Subject for another time. (laughs) I knew about Conception Bay. Mm. Yeah, Dildo. Oh, is it near Conception Bay? No, it couldn't be near Conception Bay, because that's not how that works. It has frequently been noted on lists of unusual place names, but it's not telling me the exact reason it was given that name. Conception Bay? No, um... Tombstone. Tombstone. Anyways, Chekhov is dead, thank goodness. Everyone comes running, and the Earps are like, do it! Raise your gun! Let's do this right now! And Kirk's like, nope, this is not our time. Okay, if you say so. I mean, I do love how fatalist they are. It's great. Yeah. They go back to the bar to kind of be sad about things, sure. and then to accuse uh, Spock of not having feelings because that's again, it. again, like guys, God we've damn. we've had this conversation before. Every single episode where someone dies, someone's got to be like, "Oh, Spock's not sad enough about it." And it's funny Fuck because you. immediately before that, Bones sort of goes over to Kirk where he's moping at the bar, and it's like, "Quit self, quit the self pity, let it go." And I'm like, "It's been like five minutes. <laughs> yes. It's been less than." But Kirk five says, minutes. "Maybe I should have listened when the alien specifically told me to fuck off." Hmm, maybe you should have. But then we wouldn't have the sky clock, which says that it's four o'clock. <laughs> sure. I love sky clock. Also, apparently Chekhov's character was supposed to survive, so history doesn't yeah. happen that has doesn't have to happen the way it does, which means that my theory that they think this is actual history I think it was, is correct. Except I think it was just that they, they thought the timeline was playing out the way that it did, because I still think they cannot possibly be stupid enough to miss the fact that none of the buildings have walls. No, they it's more of, like, the idea of what a wall would be sure. if you ran out of wood. Anyway, Kirk takes it as encouraging. He's like, great, let's change history. And he goes looking for the sheriff to stop the fight. Um, and the sheriff's like, no, 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 the whole town wants you to kill the Earps. Sure, so much for history. And you should so totally much. kill them. There'll be no questions asked. And Kirk is horrified by the corruption in the police force. <laughs> also... He's like, no, you should just straight up murder them, says the sheriff. So Kirk yeah. proceeds to attempt to murder the sheriff, going, yeah. no! You're supposed to be good! Shatner uh, acts yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, he does really communicate through his abs that this town sucks. <laughs> it does. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but then my, I think my favorite part of this was Kirk like backing out of the sheriff's in like horror yeah. at what he's become. Such violence. This actually happens in, in like, the he middle of the street. Dumbledore's out on his yeah. sheriff. <laughs> I assume because they didn't want to bother building the inside of the sheriff's office. Yeah, well, sheriff's offices aren't cheap. True, true. It's great, because they're going to do the trank bomb, so they're tested on Scotty, who apparently is... <laughs> he's so drunk, he's just like, yeah, I'll pass out now. Yeah, that's it's fine. fine. Uh, it's fine. But it doesn't work. Like, he sticks his face right in that gas and nothing happens. And Kirk thinks this means that they did it wrong or something. And Spock and Bones are both like, no, you don't understand. That should have worked. There's absolutely no way it couldn't have worked. So reality is broken. They finally fucking clue in. Like, we've known this the entire episode. Okay, but this does not, to me, 
feel like it goes with the conclusion of the episode, which is that you have to believe that something isn't real for it to not to be like the whole point of the they don't get shot is because they don't believe the bullets are real. Mm-hmm. In this scenario right here, they believe that the gas is real right? and it should knock Scotty out exactly. because they believe in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Introduction. Yeah. They are not 100% sure of sure in their hearts that it will work. Thus, it does not. Yeah, but it's got to be harder to not believe in a bullet screaming towards you than believe in something you have no reason not to believe in. Yeah, but I don't trust them. Scotty's not a Although, chemical it's also possible that because the gas grenade wasn't part of, like, the existing simulation, it didn't have, like, whammy built into it. I don't know. It, you're right. It makes absolutely no sense. No, totally fine absolutely understandable within the confines of the episode. My next favorite part is they try to escape, but the planet says, fuck you, and drags them to the OK Corral yeah, where it's yeah. a thunderstorm? Yeah, because they're just sort of standing there and then all of a sudden, oh, this, they are corralled. Uh, it, this is a great part because Scotty apparently, or sorry, Spock goes through the entirety of the Dune speech about how <laughs> fear is the mind, fear is the mind killer. <laughs> And I must not fear. I and will let it pass through me only. I will remain. That is basically yes. what happens for the rest yes. of the episode. And it turns into, like, Western Dune. Yep. Yep. Which is fine. Bullets aren't real, so they can't hurt me. So I'm just going to mind mill with you guys until you don't care about anything. Basically, yes. They could have just drank the laudanum and they would have been fine. Well, maybe it wouldn't have worked either. Oh, no. Drugs don't work. Right? They oh. never bothered building real drugs. <laughs> Because it didn't occur to them they might try and build a Your tranquilizer grenade. Simulation. <laughs> yeah. It's a really shoddy simulation. So this they, is like when you're playing a game. Of course it's shoddy! Have you not noticed that none of the buildings have walls <laughs> on They really did put some time into the giant. It's like when you're playing a video game and you can actually like walk through half of a wall and you get stuck. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Fine. So, yeah. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Yeah. That's basically the end of the episode. Except at one point... It devolves into like fists, and Kirk gets and a guy kung pinned. Kung fu fighting, yeah, Kirk fu fighting. Kirk fu. Yeah, I was like, I was like, so gas grenades don't work, but Kirk fu still does. <laughs> there is a really good because they shot. can't possibly predict Kirk fu. <laughs> no one can. Mm. I was even shocked, and I know it's usually coming. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really good shot where there's the four black suits in a line walking towards guns drawn. It's very dramatic. With all of our main characters essentially in a firing squad, staring them down with nothing but their naked self-confidence. Yeah. Unfortunately, clothed bodies. And they shoot, and there's explosions of the bullets behind them in in the wood, but when you go forward to them, they're perfectly fine, um, because... They're not real, but I do like that the simulations take the time to reload their guns. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Just and in case they fire a ludicrous amount of bullets. A lot oh, of bullets. yeah. Like, they just stand there, and it's, like, a good, like, almost a minute of it's just gunfire. Yeah. Which, fine. And Kirk gets the chance to kill the Earps, but he's like, no. No. Um, and then suddenly they're back on the ship. The probe explodes. And Chekhov is fine. Chekhov is fine. Chekhov yeah, is It starts fine. giving off radiation, and does it explode, or they, they shoot it? And no, it explodes. Because they get the phasers... No, oh, it explodes. It just, okay. it just had enough. And then one of the Malkosians appears on the view screen. Oh. Hey, uh, you didn't kill that guy. Is this your way? And Kirk says... Baldly. Like, Swear to God, we like peace. We, we prefer not to kill people. And all we of value sudden, life and peace. The mathematicians are like, come on in. A delegation will be there to meet you. Kirk says, <laughs> awesome. Like, 
they go back and yeah, they to the planet of the people who how do you know back. any of this is even happening oh right now how do you know if you're still not trapped trapped in Westworld yeah um, you could still be in it all of the rest of the season is them trapped in the simulation with the telepaths yeah oh my god this was weird we're still in it now Kim we could be <laughs> what is real Amy Whisper. You've seen The Matrix? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Ari, your count. Not great. Three women. Three? Where was the third? There were two on the bridge, including Uhura and Uh, Sylvia. Oh, I only saw... Three entire I only saw Uhura and Sylvia. And one person of color, Uhura. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kim, your count? Uh, Two deaths, but not really. (laughs) (laughs) The math on that is two... Minus two, plus two. Yeah. Mm. Um, Kim, your life lesson to take away from this. Violence is not the answer. Strong disagree. <laughs> Ari. Keep out means keep out. I'm going to go with fear is the mind killer. That's a good one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So are you going to give the clock the performance of the I am episode? giving clock performance of the episode, possibly for the next five episodes to come. Uh, Kim, your performance of the episode. Um, I was giving it to Nimoy, mostly for maintaining Spock's composure and not punching out bones at several points in this episode. That is not an acting choice, but nonetheless... He did his damn job! (laughs) That's not what performance of the episode is about, doing your job. Who else am I supposed to give it to? Shatner, actually. No! Shatner Mm. gets nothing. Shatner running his fingers across his lips gets gets nothing. performance of everything. I'm giving it to the in-house Desilu Carpenters who knocked that set together in what I can only assume was record time. <laughs> who were apparently sampling the laudanum and had just looked at all the Salvador Dali paintings. Yes. I just really liked the idea that someone looked at the blueprints for the sets for this episode and went, this is too much work. Just do half. <laughs> you probably just took a red pen. Not this. And nope. And nope. And who needs walls for anything? Nope, 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 nope. And this clock, it's going in the sky. <laughs> there was originally a clock tower that got noped out. Yeah. Didn't have time. Leave everything but the clock. 